0: Well, I have to say, this was a very well-written book and uh, the character is very, is written in a, there's a lot of complexity to this character. So I just approached it from an acting point of view and then suddenly I'm singing Dolly Parton. Gay.
1: Gay. This is gay. they're doing this. Regina's childhood best friend, the incredible show-stopping Miss Jennifer Lewis.
0: Even though we're friends who have grown up here together, it's
1: time for that change. Regina, I'm the only friend you got and you never even told me. Ooh, she's such a, bless her heart. Dolly Parton's great because it's the only place in the world, a Dolly Parton thing, is where you can find zealous homophobes and the gayest people alive holding hands singing. Utopian fantasy. Even with a show like this, where they're not gonna even say the word bitch, I'll say
0: it. This was a very well written book. What do you want from me? Change.
1: I want <laughs> seventy-five cents for a fifty-dollar bill. <laughs> I need a roll of quarters. <laughs> I got two loads down the street at the laundry.
0: This was a very well written book. Oh, good heavens! Yes, they are. <laughs> well written book.
1: Okay, I gotta update you. Stop! I gotta update you on the child bartender. Now we're not gonna laugh, it's very sad, but you guessed it, the young bartender, the precocious <laughs> young young girl, was hit by a car. <laughs> Who hit her with the car? That's what I wanna know. Regina's car has blood all over the hood, she's trying to wipe it off. I can't believe who's done this.
0: Well, I have to say, this was a very well-written book and uh, the is very, is written in a, there's a lot of complexity to this character. Christmas on the square.
2: Christmas time on the square. Square. It's, it's the Christmas, Christmas time. on the square. Christmas, Christmas on Christmas. the square. Gotta get Christmas. out of this house. The the I'm a villain. I'm gonna leave it. Because it's the a town. Christmas on the square. Christmas time.
0: Christmas. Fertility treatments are all I want for Christmas. <laughs>
1: Oh my God! Uh, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. Um, Merry holiday season. Merry
0: holidays. Merry
1: holidays. Um, coming to the stage. Merry holidays. Merry holidays. <laughs> um, I have. I. I don't even know where to begin with this. Okay. Tell the tell the tell the good the
0: good uh the good folks what movie we're
1: welcome. We're- to another episode of Showgaze where we this week are going to discuss the seminal 2020 classic that is Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. That is the full official title. Mm-hmm. Um, and this I will say this marks a, a monumental occasion for the pod as this is our first female director that we yes. have ever had for this show. Absolutely. So that is exciting. Um, it's, it's a shame that it's this movie. But ah! that- <laughs> I can't unfortunately also think of many female, female directed movie musicals. movie musicals. So, Molly, how are you today? We've had a couple I'm doing weeks well.
2: off. It's getting it's very cold here, so I'm wearing some of my heavy one of my heaviest sweaters today and cozy socks on and all that jazz because it's mm-hmm. it's winter now.
1: Yeah, it snowed today, in fact.
0: It snowed here today, yeah.
1: RJ, feeling good about the snow?
0: Uh it's a love-hate relationship. Um,
1: we should be clear: we're not even at Thanksgiving yet. When we're recording this, you're listening yeah. to this probably in January if you're a normal person. That's um, true. Yeah. So. Yeah, because this
0: is the thirty. This would this be the thirty-first.
1: Yeah. yeah, this is December thirty-first.
0: How is it going? How, how how is, is she?
1: How is the New Year? How's Let 2022? us know in the comments.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Subscribe. New Year's Eve is also New Year's Eve is also my sister's birthday, so.
1: Happy birthday to oh. Maggie. Happy birthday to Maggie. Okay, so unfortunately, it's my turn to do the summary. Of what? This. <laughs> it truly will be a challenge. And I do actually think this might be the first week that I. If I try to actually say what the plot is, then I'll just be like, it's a reference of other. Not bits. Yeah. yeah. Okay, just somebody somebody time all right me.
0: okay adam this is your one minute summary challenge and your time starts now
1: okay so dolly parton's christmas on the square is about a um town called fuller fuller town or fullerville or something like that and um, it, the do, the woman who owns the town, which is a thing, <laughs> her name is Regina. She's played by Christine Baranski. She is going to sell the property of the town to a mall company. Um, and so she has decided to evict everyone on Christmas Eve. Um, there is a pastor of the town who leads the rebellion against her. Rebellion is a a gross overcharacterization <laughs> of what happens in this film um his wife is barren um there is uh there is uh uh a woman who owns a um uh a hair uh, salon and she does nothing to advance the plot um there is a little girl who is in a car accident and almost dies, but then magically doesn't. Uh, Dolly Parton plays an angel who tries to get Regina to find the errors of her ways in the classic Christmas uh, sense. I think I'm well past a minute at this point and I'm not even to the big turn of events, which is her assistant is also an angel. (laughs) Um, And then there's like a brief, you find out that she had a kid when she was young and it, and it, ends up being the pastor but then there's also an entire subplot with like the man of the town Carl who like was her boyfriend at the time but is not the father of the kid and it all happened on a Christmas dance I don't know like a yule ball I don't know what's going on there um and then uh everything is uh, fine in the end so it's a little bit of it's a little bit of a Christmas carol it's a little bit of uh country it's a little bit of rock and roll you know it's got all of it it's got touchstones that was like five minutes Just two minutes
2: yeah rj i thought you were timing because you like so confidently <laughs> introduced I the did, segment but i just
0: it was fun to see him spiral
1: i mean i'll put it i'll put the sound <laughs> i'll put the sound of when the minute times yeah. out so it'll be very i clear think you got to
0: you got to the hair salon technically was a minute
1: but there was why can i not minute? remember jennifer lewis's name i keep wanting to she say had,
0: what was her name she had a name
1: no, I literally couldn't remember Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer Lewis.
0: Lewis.
2: Mm. Isn't there an episode of Dry Grace where RuPaul gets Jennifer Lewis and Jennifer Lawrence confused? I have a memory of this happening.
1: I don't know, but she is a, a great guest judge on that one episode.
0: Someone, someone was gonna. Someone was thinking she said Jennifer Lawrence, like a contestant.
1: Oh, that She, yeah.
3: was,
0: she was saying Jennifer Lawrence. It's like what? Well, I think it was Heidi. And she was like, "Oh, Jennifer Lewis." I thought you said Jennifer Lawrence.
2: Oh yes, this might have also been on a pit stop episode. Now that I think about it, I just feel like RuPaul getting people confused is like very on brand. So <laughs> yeah. I attributed it to Ru.
1: Um, Ooh. did I miss anything in this plot? I'm assuming nobody has seen this, or like <laughs> um, very few people have seen this.
0: I would be yeah. shocked if anyone. Uh did see it because this won the Emmy for best outstanding television movie in 2020. So
1: I and I will say when we did Jamie, we were like, you should see we should we like did a thing at the beginning (laughs) where we were like you should see this. Like this is good. You should see it before you listen. For spoilers. You do not need to see this. This is not a movie that I would be like. Oh
2: I hard disagree. Oh, please (laughs) go watch this movie. Oh my goodness.
1: (laughs) Watch it what for time. the absolute insanity. If you want to like spend an hour, if you have an hour and a half to just be like, take me, Dolly.
0: I was just going to say, I always say that as the hour and a half was going, there were moments where I was like, oh, it's already been 30 minutes. Oh, it's already been 45 minutes. Oh, an hour has passed.
1: <laughs> huh? And then the plot happens. <laughs> an hour into this movie. <laughs>
2: This sort of what what I think is a camp version of a Hallmark movie. And and I think that this kind of like cable Christmas movie is made mm-hmm. for having it on in the background while you are watching presents or baking cookies or like doing a Christmas activity, right? They're meant yeah, to be yeah. in the background. And I wish I had experienced it that way because the monumental plot twists that happen, the the joy of being like midway through a batch of cookies and then looking up and just being like. Wait, she's an angel too. Like, like yeah. I just wish that yeah. I had had that experience of half watching it and having all of these yeah. things occur. It would have been Holding amazing.
1: Holding laundry, yeah. Wrapping yeah. presents,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, Molly, did you? This is this is your first. This is this is you've never heard of this until I mentioned it.
2: Yeah, I had never heard of it until Adam proposed it in a planning meeting for a Christmas episode, but then you said it was Dolly Parton, and I said immediately that I was in, because I have loved Dolly Parton since I did Steel Magnolias in high school, and uh, the cast, I'll watch the movie together as part of cast bonding type of thing, so. Um, Molly, were you I'm Weeza? I'm into anything with Dolly Parton. I was not Weezer. I was a Nell, I think is the character's name. It's the... Younger woman oh, who gets the... hired at the hair salon, so oh, she works yes, for yes. Dolly Parton. It's, yeah.
1: The uh, uh, um, splash. Yes, it's Splash.
2: Daryl. Daryl. Hannah. Hannah. Daryl
1: Hannah. Yep. I always get Daryl, Daryl
2: Hannah. Hannah and Daryl. Like a, a guy a on super SNL. Christian
1: in the story? She like becomes yes. like born again. Yeah. From her, but
2: there's a guy that was on SNL whose name is also Daryl H something who did impressions. Daryl Hammond.
1: And stuff. Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond. Daryl
2: Hammond. And I'm always worried I'm going to say the wrong last name. It's a Danny yeah. Glover Donald Glover situation.
1: Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah. RJ
0: The only background lo- loose background I had on this movie was that I just remembered seeing the poster and Christine Baranski with a harsh haircut holding an eviction notice. And I was like, "Oh, this is this is going to be a good time." But I didn't end up watching it last year during the holidays because I opted for the other Netflix movie musical, Jingle Jangle. And as I was watching this, I, I know in our planning meeting we were talking about whether to do Jingle Jangle or Christmas in the Square, and I was like, "Oh man," I, the, I kept going to Adam, being like, "You would have loved Jingle Jangle if this is <laughs> if we had to compare this and that, like."
1: Jingle Jangle Jingle is like jangle Star is like... Wars compared to this. <laughs> Jingle Jangle, Jingle Jangle is like a movie. Jingle Jangle is a movie. I will. Here is what I will say. Jingle Jangle is a movie, and this is very clearly like a TV a TV movie. movie. Yes, exactly. Yes. That is very clear. So I won't hold that against it. Yeah. Um. I did not watch this last year. I, which is I think fun that we're all seeing this fresh for the first time. Nobody is nobody's seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um. I. I had remembered people on Twitter at the time, once it, like, dropped. Some people saw it and were like, oh, this was a mess. But, like, fun. They were like, it's a fun mess, but it's mostly a mess. Um, But I didn't... There was a lot happening last Christmas. My (laughs) grandpa had just died, so, you know. Got a lot on the plate. It's okay. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm... um, I am... I am glad I saw it because I there's some something I keep coming back to in doing this podcast and talking about movie musicals and I'm trying to figure out why movie musicals are so important to me other than the fact that like I was like kind of raised on them so it's obviously a nostalgia factor but like I still deeply care about movie musicals that I did not grow up on so it obviously means there's something else to it and i think it's because movie musicals in my mind are some of the hardest movies to pull off because they have a mm-hmm. they have a bigger hurdle to climb for the audience to like
0: buy into buy
1: it. into what's happening and like actually pull everything off in a yeah. real way um or even not a real way but just pull it off in the way that they're intending to pull it off um and um i think that this movie <laughs> tries to pull something off tries to pull something <laughs> over wait tries okay. to pull the wool over your eyes
2: <laughs> i think before we get into facts and figures we have to discuss oh, yeah. was this intentional camp because i think it was this has okay so this is what i said so
1: before we will we'll talk about it a little bit when i get into the criticism of the and when show. we when we
0: uh when susan dials in for the show
1: later. right once yeah, once susan when, when right. Suze
2: does her call in bit yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> um but People were like, it's so campy, it's so campy. And I reacted originally to this as that it wasn't campy. But maybe I'm so used to, at this point, purposeful camp. Or what was the, what was the phrase? Naive camp. Naive camp is like room.
0: Intentional, Intentional camp, camp. Is like...
1: Little little camp is like little shop. Okay. Yeah. So I think I'm so used to intentional camp at this point that I didn't, I didn't, I was like shocked by, or maybe I I couldn't see that this was naive camp, but I also don't, there is something, here's what I will say.
2: I'm saying it is intentional camp. I'm saying it's not naive camp. I'm saying it's intentional.
1: That I don't, that I don't know because I think there, I obviously I'm not Susan Sontag, but I will say, I think there is like, there's a, you have to have a queer sensibility to some degree. Mm. And this movie, as the gatekeepers of camp. No, 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 I just mean, I just mean there has to be something like off and twisted. Yeah. And like, it's really only like Dolly. That's the only thing that's like kind of strange about this, but like the rest of it is just very like, community theater which like is camp which is why i think it's more naive camp than it is intentional camp because they are so earnestly trying to pull off like the story the story of whatever the hell this is and also like all these people in the crowd who are like cuckoo bananas (laughs) are all just like atlanta suburb actors so like (laughs) god bless these people um what a
2: great opportunity I yeah. I think that it is intentional camp, but I think they didn't go quite hard enough. Is and I think the fact that we're sitting here yeah. feeling a little unsure is <laughs> is indication of that. If it was very clearly intentional camp, we would all come in and be like, "We know that's what they're doing." But I yeah. think that's my theory: is that they were going for it, but maybe didn't go quite hard enough. So let's we'll and discuss. I think it
1: system. might be also that Debbie Allen doesn't really know how to define camp. So she couldn't lean into an intentional camp if she doesn't really fully grasp. Potentially. I think Christine
2: Baranski knows this is a camp movie. And I think Dolly Parton knows it's a camp movie and Dolly Parton's name being on it is what set me up for having that expectation, but maybe not Debbie Allen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It definitely felt like during the process it was like, Oh, but the story of the, The pastor and his wife is really touching, and I think there's something here that is the true. Like I felt like that was like a a, a around the room conversation that happened that ended. Kind of like manifesting. Maybe in they the movie. wanted
2: sincerity as well, and yeah. then it got conflicted. Yeah. Well, got we got to talk about the Christianity too. But
1: okay, we'll you mean uh, it?
2: <laughs> oh, there's
1: Christianity
2: in this. Oh, I
3: know. Is that part very
2: of the subtle. I just want to yeah, I wanted to explain the really subtle hints because I'm worried everyone's going to miss it if I don't talk <laughs> yeah,
1: about it. The themes. So easily missed. <laughs> the oh, the like subtle subtle themes. Okay. This movie was directed by Debbie Allen, um, who is like a literal legend. legend. <laughs> like, amazing. Debbie yeah. Allen. She's Debbie Allen. Uh, screen- she taught so, so many children how to dance. Yeah. True. On fame. Um, <laughs> she, uh, oh, I'm sorry. The screenplay is by Maria S. Schlater, which is like cool. And it's also a woman. Um, uh, it's starring Dolly Parton as Angel, Jennifer Lewis as. I don't know. I think her character's name is Marjorie or
2: something like that. I'm just going to call Do, everyone by their actor name. Does she have that name? It doesn't
1: matter. Josh Segarra plays a, a character named Pastor Christian. So
2: is. Like that intentional camp, somebody has to have known when somebody, they named him Pastor Christian.
1: His name is Minister Minister, basically. <laughs> so that's great. Um father priest. <laughs> yeah. Janine Mason. Is that um I think that's Jenna? No, I think that's the <gasps> Oh yes. Felicity. That's Felicity the, the Assistant. Felicity the Angel and Trainer. Famously
0: yeah. one So I Think You Can Dance.
1: Famously one So You Think You Can Dance. Mary Lane Haskell uh that's is Jenna. Is Jenna the, pastor's the pastor wife. Christian's wife? <laughs> 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 Who is in every Dolly Parton. Netflix movie. Netflix movie.
0: She's in Code of Many Colors. She is in the she is Heartstrings.
1: In, she's in the. What do they call it when you're like. When you're a. Okay. <sighs>
0: Do you know uh, what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, when... Um, when studio systems Tyco Taika just, you know, hires the same actors yes. or,
1: you know, like Yeah, West, is she, like, West West friends with
2: Dolly Parton or something? Uh,
1: she must be. Was she, like, the <laughs> head of entertainment at Dollywood? Who knows? We'll never know. She doesn't <laughs> I'm have a sorry. Wikipedia Okay,
2: thing. I know we're not supposed to interrupt facts and figures, but I went to her <laughs> website, and the first line is, Mary Lane has been an actress ever since her star turn as, quote, homeless child. <laughs> In Disney Channel original movie when she was five years old, that's what you start your bio with. Here's 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 the headline everyone: <laughs> I played a homeless child in a Disney Channel original movie when I was five. I'm an actress. So wild.
1: Treat Williams, uh, from famous show Everwood, plays um, Carl Christine Baranski's Regina's ex lover. And Christine Baranski plays Regina, who is the main character, the Scrooge, if you will, in this partial Scrooge tale.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that later.
1: Cinematography by Oliver Bokelberg. I don't have a listen. I don't usually interrupt this portion to talk about stuff, but like, I hated that during the songs we just kept going from like left to right, like the camera just kept like panning and like. (laughs) It was very annoying to me. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. So thanks, I didn't Allah. like the visual language of this film. Edited by Casey O'Roors, I'm shocked to see there was a human editor and not someone who was just an algorithm splicing together pieces of a film. <laughs> Music by is, is by Dolly Parton, production company, um, Warner Brothers Television, Magnolia Hill Productions. It's distributed by Netflix. It was released last year on November 22nd um it's running time is 98 minutes we love to see that and there's no budget and there's no box office so classic netflix if i was to estimate a budget i would say a
0: buffalo nickel
1: (laughs) (laughs) i would definitely say like not maybe like i assume one million dollars
0: i assume free because they probably shot in dollywood right
1: no, I, they. they didn't. I watched. There's an entire behind the scenes video. For oh this no! That has 455 views, and I was the 456. <laughs> so
2: amazing. Um, we're gonna start I the have- fan base for this movie. Let's, let's get a wiki sure. going. Hey, angels! Come on, angels!
0: Angels.
1: <laughs> angels with a Z. Yeah, angels. Um, shockingly, this this movie won two Emmys. <laughs> Um, this movie won Outstanding Television Movie at the Emmys and Outstanding Choreography uh, for Miss Debbie Allen because she also choreographed it. Um, apart from that, it said it says in the opening credits of the film that this is based on a play called Christmas on the Square. <laughs> I n- I nothing nothing I could find nothing I searched specifically like. Christmas on the Square play. I searched Christmas on the Square play rights. I searched play uh like publishing company. I nothing. I can I I don't know if that's real.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I see all thing things about the
0: movie. <laughs> yeah. My guess was that and because it gave me this energy while watching it, was that this was like either a skit a sketch or a play that they do in Dollywood
1: <laughs> that was like, I don't know. Cause I searched uh, Christmas on the square Dollywood and I couldn't find that either. And so I was like, I don't know what's where? happening. I felt like this was, this gives me the energy of a Branson production. If you're familiar yes. with Branson, Missouri and they're kind of like middle of the country, middle of the road, very family friendly Christian entertainment. Um, the Vegas of the Midwest, if you will.
2: Yeah, because I was going to say maybe it's like one of those plays that they sell for like middle schools that make sure that, I mean, this would make sense where you want to make sure that everyone gets a part so there are like so many characters, right? Like maybe it's like a youth play that then they adapted into this, but it could also be like a Branson, Missouri type of of show.
0: Because even like the ensemble, which, oh my God, the ensemble, there are some like Line, like the lines are evenly spread. So it really did feel like a community theater. Cause they were like, why is this ensemble person getting like so
1: much screen disc? time? And she's not a character.
2: Yeah, there she's was like that blonde woman, woman the bl- in bl- the yeah. very first, yes! yeah, where they're like, they're all singing together. And then all of a sudden she comes in being like, it's Christmas <laughs> on. And I was like, oh, so she's like a character, but no.
1: That's what I thought. No, <laughs> no she
2: she's just not. has a moment.
1: And they always pan to her. She, they cut to her so many times in group numbers in this movie. And she has her like fr- her black friend. Yeah. It's her and that black girl are like the friends. And I was like, oh, are they insinuating they're like lesbians? But I don't think that was it. But there's definitely two gay men.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's canon.
1: That's canon. <laughs> Uh, Pete and Chasten are in this movie.
2: <laughs> oh, I did you see that? I wrote this. Yeah. This group of straight people and Pete Buddha Judge gays. Do we uh, have a word for that?
3: Is there that
2: a better descriptor? Yes, a Buddha Judge is, is what I'm going to call it's them. It's a Buddha yeah.
0: Judge. All all the gay men in this movie are Buddha Judges.
2: Yeah,
1: everyone shops. Everyone in this movie shops at Old Navy. <laughs> and, from the like Christmas time Old Navy sale.
0: But like full the entire honestly, they could just take some of the choreography and then add like it's Christmas at Old Navy, shop uh, $10 sweaters. Yes. Like it's like,
1: wh- like and they, just overlay that vocal They may, the they may the have the filmed that like in between takes where they were like, "Oh, we got to can we do the Old Navy Christmas commercial real quick while we're <laughs> yeah, all here?" Yeah, it's like a tie in
2: that they did. Yeah, Yeah. that was one of my great disappointments in terms of the the camp element was that I was like, I think if they wanted to do camp, I wish they had gone harder with the costumes, like either way worse or like so stylized. You know what I mean? Like the costumes were so bland that I was like, oh, I just feel like you could do more with this.
1: The most sexual thing that happens in this movie, we should just start talking about the movie. (laughs) But the most sexual thing that happens in this movie is Pastor Christian takes off his coat and reveals a quarter a quarter zipped sweater and it's like woo sexy
0: If we're going to start with this movie, I want to start by the anecdote of when we were watching this. Adam was like, I don't think I'm really going to take notes. It's a short movie. I can just, whatever. Ooh. And then-
1: To be fair, I didn't really take a
0: ended up didn't. And then they panned into the, and then it was the opening number, Christmas on the Square. And then they panned into the hair salon where two gay men are voguing the house down boots Mama. to Christmas on the Square. And Adam had to pause and go, I have to get my iPad. I
2: can't. I don't even know where to start Ooh. with describing. the So much happens in the opening number. I don't know how to orient our audience to this.
1: It's so crazy because so much happens in the opening number. And then still the first 45 minutes are pure exposition. <laughs> yeah. Like the plot doesn't happen until halfway through this film. And you're like, oh, the like you know, the, you know that the conflict is that she's going to evict everyone. Like that is clear from the outset. But then, like, we nothing happens incident. until halfway yes. through the film.
0: Nothing, no, information to help you understand the characters don't stop.
1: It just they constantly does. I, I, I can't even believe in the plot <laughs> description. I forgot to mention that Christine Baranski's character has a brain tumor. She has a <laughs> oh, brain yeah. tumor. And that is a massive plot point.
2: <laughs> I forgot about that. I genuinely did. <laughs> Okay, so we open with a a group dance number where they are expressing enthusiasm for Christmas.
1: Sure. For Christmas. And
2: then and then we cut into the no
1: wait, hold on. (laughs) We open with a CGI Dolly Parton. Or not CGI, but like she was she was not there on that set on that day. She has this like Instagram haze around her.
2: She's. I thought a ghost at first, but is not actually an angel. So I think it may have also been intentional that she's because because they they make comments that imply that maybe only Christine Baranski can see her. Like she might not actually be in the town.
1: I would agree with you, except for there are other shots where it's just like the stand-in who's supposed to be Dolly Parton because she's not there on set. Both could be
2: true. In the background, (laughs) it's so.
1: there's like, there's the effect that they do where it's like, she has like magical rhinestones, right? Because it's obviously yeah, <laughs> in darling. Um, So like, that is fine. But there's like, she's, she was literally not on set. Like, it is so clear. The lighting on her is like different than the lighting in the like studio. Yeah. It's so funny. And so I was like, this whole, because then she, because then the first song that she had, like the first real song she has, which is the like, light your lamp or whatever the hell that song where she's <laughs> so floating on a cloud songs. is. She floats on a cloud and then she's lit really weird there too. And obviously she's floating in a cloud. So it's like, she wasn't there in the room. So I was like, I don't think Dolly Parton came to the set at any point. And then she finally shows up in real life. Like once you get into like the, the twist of, of Felicity being An angel in training and yeah. then she's like actually yeah. There and I was like oh so she did Have time in her schedule
0: But okay. the entire time we just thought Like okay COVID protocols She probably didn't yeah. film This shit was
1: filmed in 2019, <laughs> so 2019. Before COVID <laughs> Existed girl There is no excuse It's all about caring Love
2: and compassion Better to Give than receive
3: that is the true
2: fact. Those who don't know that, well, they are the poorest indeed. I'm going to reverse my um, Judy no Dench way. attitude about divas for Dolly Parton because oh, I love her no. so much. I think that's great. <laughs> oh, yes, I don't mind yes, it at all. Um, okay, so I guess maybe I got her... I couldn't remember if she was introduced before Christine Baranski, but maybe you're right. So we see her as this apparition in, like, gray rags that's clearly trying to imply that she's some sort of a homeless person. And she's carrying a box that says change. Change. Get it, guys? It has a double meaning. (laughs) And then... (laughs) We cut to Christine Bransky in the car, and she has a little solo. She's like, "I'm gonna get out of this stupid town, and I'm gonna sell Gotta it." Gotta get so, out of this town. Gotta get out. Gotta get out. And there's no melody go. in sight.
1: She's <laughs> singing, but I swear to God, there's not a melody.
2: It's <laughs> Gotta get out of this town. To um,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Gotta get out of this town. There's no reason to wait around.
2: Forget the past. Be free at last. Gotta get out of this town. And then do we go, and then do we go to the hair salon? Is that where we go next? No, we do, we see th- <laughs> <laughs> This is like a memory game. It's like no, it's like you flip she, them no, over and to remember where they are. The first, the first place she
1: goes to are the pastor is and, the pastor's the
0: pastor's wife. and the pastor's wife. Pastor's who, wife.
1: Okay. The pastor's wife. Okay, this is crazy. <laughs> this is insane.
0: The pastor's wife owns a baby store
1: a baby clothing a store, baby clothing store but she is not able to but she bear is children.
0: not able to bear children and her first line is fully like
1: oh well like a- i hope the ivf works <laughs> <laughs> it's truly like what this movie i cannot believe I can't. I there, there are so many things about this movie that i can't believe actually happened <laughs> I feel like I'm reliving trauma, just like reciting.
3: Getting fertility treatments is better than anything that comes in paper.
1: I but in will the best say- way, I really think this. I didn't like hate this movie. I had yeah. fun because I was like, "This is so Definitely. bananas. This is bananas."
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, I. I will say that she keeps talking about it like it's her problem that they can't have children, but we don't have any scientific proof that it's somehow more her problem than her husband's, and I felt like we were sure. relying on the narrative of that, and I was a, I was a little uncomfortable with that, so I just want to, when we talk about it, I don't want to frame it as she's barren, as it's you did earlier fault. in the episode, but well. yeah, it's, I mean, in one way, I'm like, yeah, this is a thing more people are struggling with nowadays, and like, we're trying to break the stigma of it. So like, let's put it in a musical, but in another way, it is wildly outside of the realm of the kinds of things that you expect to be in an opening musical number.
0: Like the, the, her first line has the word fertility treatments in it. And I was like, oh, hold on. Every
1: line that she says in this movie is, is a sentence that no one on earth has ever said or will ever (laughs) say. Every line was so still have- and I was like, okay, I have yeah, specifically this line that she says, this is after the first song has ended. But she this is after they learn that um, she's kicking them out. That she's kicking them out of the town. They're all being evicted. And she says to her husband, Your ministry and vision for this town are beyond reproach. And I literally <laughs> had to pause the movie and be like that's a sentence. That you write in a letter like to your pastor where you're like, you helped me through grief and I really want to thank you for all that you've done as you retire um, from being a pastor and move on to the end of your life or whatever. Like that is the craziest sentence for someone to be like off the cuff, you know, honey, your ministry and vision (laughs) for this town are beyond reproach. And she's not a good actress, sorry. So she doesn't pull it off.
2: They really make sure that you know that, like this guy could never do anything wrong, which I think is what bothered me also about the fertility treatment thing. That it was like I can't have children. It was like it very much implied, like he's such a good man that like it couldn't be anything happening physically with him that could be causing the infertility. It's obviously his wife because he is beyond reproach.
1: He's beyond reproach. Literally. <sighs> um, also, I love the idea that they have to explain that the pastor in this like Dolly Parton movie is a good guy. Like, I would just you could just be like, he's the pastor of the town and be like, okay, got it. Got he's it. the good guy in the story. <laughs> like, I don't need you to be like and also he's a saint.
2: Yeah. It's it's wild. There's a lot happening with those two. Um, Let's go back and to then, the opening song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, do we go to the hair salon? Yes. Okay. There is there is also somewhere in here a a scene where just or like a half a second where the guy that owns the hardware store, which we later find out is old flame of Christine Baransky, just walks out and like looks at the snow appreciatively, and then he smiles at a different older woman. And I thought that they were setting them. I thought maybe like it was going to be their love yes. story. Oh
0: yeah. And then no, she's, she's completely the irrelevant
1: rest of the film. <laughs> Completely She has a she's a part during Wicked Witch of the Middle where she's like, "Shall we kill her?" And it's
3: like, yeah. Oh
2: my God. Yeah, she's uh, revealed to be I mean, not much is revealed about her, but what is revealed is is surprising and and a little bit disturbing. Um, jarring. A bit jarring, that's the word for it. Um So, so we just see him visually. And then I think we go into the hair salon.
1: Famously, that's the only way you can see people is visually. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no
2: I just mean he doesn't have a scene <laughs> we're not introduced to him through the song we just see we him we see him
1: orally <laughs> A-U-R-A-L-L-Y we
2: tactily feel his face through a really cool new technology that's rolling out <laughs> Netflix really hit big on the like technology aspect of this I was and this really the surprised the first movie
1: they deployed it with
2: yeah <laughs> big step up from Bandersnatch um. <laughs> 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 okay, go so that is the first one. And Dolly Parton makes it clear I don't care what Hallmark Movie Channel is going to do. They're going to be homosexuals in this movie immediately. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we do see two men voguing to open that scene. And then Jennifer Lawrence.
1: <laughs> Molly did it. Molly then did Jennifer it. And Jennifer
2: Lewis. I mean, good good company with Heidi and Closet. Um, Jennifer Lewis sings about, she's just singing about Christmas because she doesn't know yet. And then Christine Brancy comes in and is like, Margeline,
0: don't even argue. Cause even though we're friends who have grown up here together, it's time for that to end. Here's a notice to vacate and a check to relocate. I'll see you when you do my hair tomorrow. Don't be late. What are you talking about? Cheetah Mall was looking for a plot of land and I inherited one. Louisville is a plot of
1: land? Easiest deal ever. It's a sign. It's a sign that it's time to change. Regina, I'm the only friend you got and you never even told me.
0: Ooh, she's such a Bless her heart.
1: What's the become of
2: us? And then where do we go after the hair salon? Is that maybe Then it's just and general then I
1: think, chorus fair.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they walk into the they walk into the town square, and the um who we later learn is Angel in training starts handing out. Eviction notices to people just as she's walking by saying she's sorry. And I was like, I know that this movie is not meant to be taken too seriously, but I'm pretty sure you can't just photocopy eviction notices and just hand them out to people around the town. I think you have to have someone's specific name and like for a specific property. I don't think you can just sort of hand them out to everybody and say, generally, we're selling the town and you're all being evicted.
1: Also, selling a town. I mean, I don't understand a lot. Let's talk about about the governance because- The the governance. (laughs)
0: Because even Jennifer Lewis, later on you find out, was not only the first female business owner in Fullerville or whatever. She was
1: the first female mayor. She was the first
0: female mayor, but not anymore, which made me think. Who is the mayor? Is Regina the mayor? But no, they only refer to her as the landlord of the town, which I don't think is possible.
2: Yeah, I don't. I'm sorry to Schitt's Creek, but I don't think you can just own a town. Yeah. Right? I mean, I guess you could own all of the buildings in a town. So I guess yeah, they're just using shorthand for that? That,
1: that? Does, that, does, I don't, that doesn't seem to be what it is, though. Yeah. It's not a mean?
2: It does sort of seem like, I mean, they certainly talk about it like she's just selling the entire town up from under them. Yeah. Um, And she's selling it to a mall. Yeah. Cheetah mall. Because in American Christmas movies, uh, the worst thing you can do is sell a business in order to build a different business. Because some businesses are good and other businesses are bad. And we've all just decided that that's true.
1: There's another line in this movie that is, you're just using Cheetah Mall to cheat us all.
2: Which, I mean, Poetry brilliant. So versus, it, it's, worth, it's worth it definitely for that line to exist.
1: <laughs> Found dead. Literally dead. Um, I don't even know how to discuss this movie because I, A, don't have a list of the songs. Well, okay. First of all, now that we've talked about the opening, Let's listen to a bit of that.
3: Christmas
4: song the square everybody's there laughing singing jingle bells ringing smiles are everywhere coats and hats and, hats and, such, and such as that and thermal underwear trees are glow and mistletoe. mistletoe
3: it's christmas on
0: the square i need some mistletoe oh. Listeners, if you can l- tell us what the uh, melody is in this song we will <laughs> award you a prize
1: <laughs> um i would also like i this is generally what i'm saying though i don't know where to do we just is this the first movie where we just go through kind of the machinations of the plot because like there's a lot, there's so much happening he, and the only way I feel like I will remember what's going on is if I try yeah, to like go beat Yeah, but that beat. was
0: the thing. There was so much plot.
1: There was so much plot. There was so much plot.
2: And yet I so little, I, little happens. There it was,
1: so there little. were, there were like, there was an A plot. Of, there was like an A through G plot. Yeah. There were well, so okay. many plots.
2: They, they do... For the most part, stick with Christine Baranski, which I think is the best choice that the movie makes. Because I am happy every time that she is on screen. I think that she knows she's playing a camp villain, and that's great. I will say that the thing, one of the places where I felt like they failed was they were like, we want to stick with the villain for the most of the movie, but we also don't want to explain the villain's motivations until the very end. And so she has to be this weirdly inarticulate two-dimensional character who can never explain why she's doing any of the things that she's doing, which I feel like, again, like you could have done that, but then you needed to make her like, even more of a caricature, you know, and like make that a clear joke that she like refuses to tell anybody. But instead she just kept sort of being like, I'm selling the town because I need a new start. And it was like, yeah. What? Because,
1: okay. So obviously she's supposed to be Scrooge. Like that's obviously where, what they're pulling from in terms of like tropes in Christmas movies. But like Scrooge, the reason a Christmas Carol is so good as like a piece of literature and a story that people keep coming back to is like, everything is so stock, but like efficient in terms of like how it's deployed. So like, I don't need a 10 page backstory on Scrooge being who he is. You just know from the beginning, he's a miser. And so it's like, and that's why he sucks. But like, there's no, she's just like a bitch. And then like, apart from that, you're like, okay so she's just selling the town so there was a part of me at the beginning where i kind of was like oh i hope she actually sells the town (laughs) and like then we just deal with the repercussions of like (laughs)
2: like (laughs) a year in town situation (laughs) or like a full
1: it's full
0: fiddler and we have to watch them do a christmas on a tevka outside or even like
2: something hallmark would try
1: technically (laughs) what happens in how they're gonna steal christmas is he actually does steal christmas and then like
2: yeah but he gives it back then
1: right but right that quick. you get the you get the like interesting thing of the, the what makes it a Christmas movie is the fact that you learn he, that Christmas isn't yeah, about yeah they the see
0: the mistake like she would see the mistake as it ha-
1: happened right
2: oh no there's a different wild way that she learns about her mistakes that I will <laughs> I will save so I think oh, what happens yeah, after so we because I the other way we do it is by character but I feel like that's also confusing <laughs> Because yeah, because are so weirdly interrelated and yet not related.
0: The main idea of this episode, the true challenge of this episode is like, how do we talk about this movie?
2: (laughs) And it's not
1: my song because I could not, I couldn't tell you songs.
2: Couldn't tell you a single, a single lyric that they sang.
0: Someone could just like add a, add a, add pitches to a sentence, and that technically counted as a song.
1: I will say let's talk about wicked witch of the middle because yeah. I think it, it will tie into a few things. I think we're going to finally talk about start talking about the christianity situation. Okay. Because there's like a weird christian thing in that song. I want to talk about the like very I am someone who's from a flyover state so I do not like the term flyover states, but like I understand what that is to evoke and I think there is something very specifically this film that is like middle America is just as important- there's the thing where like people from these parts of the country feel like they need to justify that they are that their lives are worth something, mm-hmm. and i i'm i'm not I'm trying to say this not pejoratively, and I do think a lot of the blame does fall on people from coasts. Not just, like, liberal elites, but just, like, people in general who, like, use the term flyover states to refer to, like, places where people live, work, have families, have full introspective lives. And, like, these are not just places that are, like, not worth their salt. But I do think there is, like, a weird, with Wicked Witch of the Middle, there's, like, a weird, we're leaning into the Fox News kind of, like, talking points in, like, in... in, i don't know how to explain it other than i just got these vibes from that song specifically where i was like because it's about like how she went to new york and then like became a different person and now she's like a bitch and like how going to a city is like bad and i was like okay
2: okay so So, (sighs) several things about going to new york one she Her best friend is Jennifer Lewis and she talks about how, well, I, I don't know. She tells Jennifer Lewis to come do her hair, which I felt like was an indication that that's something she regularly does, but she yeah. lives in New York City. So has Jennifer Lewis been going to New York City like once every six weeks for the entirety of their lives to do her hair?
1: Which like is not that great. She doesn't do that great of a job if that's the final result that we (laughs) get in this film.
2: (laughs) Yes. So I feel like the movie was very it took a long time to like clearly establish that she's been in New York this whole time. And it was because she like had all these relationships and dynamics with people in the town where it felt like, well, surely they like have interacted with each other regularly. Right. But then it turns Mm -hmm. out actually she's been in New York. So the that postman I think like talks
1: to her like he sees her every day.
2: Yeah, right. But then I think that I think that that's an interesting take, Adam. And I will say though that I feel like the town also though kind of if we're to be like really serious about what this movie is trying to say, the town also kind of gets its own comeuppance because when we find out at the end that she had a child out of Ledlock lead- as a teenager and gave it up for adoption,
1: disgusting.
2: <laughs> well. We find out that her father well, hid all, the fact. Oh, okay.
1: Famously, she got pregnant because she danced with a boy.
2: I genuinely, as happened. I was watching it, I was like, is this gonna be the thing that she did to betray her boyfriend that she hasn't been able to look at him for like fifty years because she <laughs> danced with another man? And then she's <laughs> like, and then when I got pregnant, I was like, Oh, okay, it's a metaphor, gotcha. Oh, Go okay, 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 something okay. actually happened. Um, So she got pregnant as a teenager. Yeah, let's just go to the ending. I don't care anymore. She got pregnant (laughs) as a teenager. (laughs) And she gave it the baby. And her dad says this thing about how like she wants her to be able to move. He wants her to be able to move on, but he like wants to know, be in his grandchild's life or whatever. And so we find out that he like gave it to somebody in the town, I guess. I don't. He has to have adoptive parents. This was the thing that really bothered me at the end. He was like, here's my mom. And I was like, surely you were raised by other people. Someone. And someone that you probably already call mom and like we should maybe consider their feelings in this moment as as well. I don't know. Anyway. um, Yeah. So, I think that the movie is implying that the fact that her dad's like, she has to be able to move on and not have to live with this. That the town is a judgmental place. I feel like they talk about this too, right? That like, yeah, she knew yeah. she would be judged in the town, so she like couldn't stay they there. That that's his. Yeah. That's
1: his. That's what you find out when she like sees him give away the baby is that he's doing it to protect her,
2: right? And I think also though, in, like then when she's in the church him at the end the and dad, is like sorry. explaining when she's explaining to the townspeople what happened, I feel like they kind of say explicitly like it's because you all wouldn't have accepted me at this time mm-hmm. when when this mm-hmm. happened and. Obviously, they celebrate at the end that she's reunited with her son and everything. So I think it's meant to be a little bit of a lesson for the town too. That like, hey, we should have been less judgmental, and then this woman could have been with her son. Yeah, her because it's like it the man
0: that you respect the most out of, you know, besides God Himself, uh, the only other respectable man that you like worship basically is is this child out of
1: of wedlock. It is crazy because they're, they they the the guy christine Bransky's dad who is dead what during this entire film um he's only there in flashbacks and as a portrait in her home um he he is like revered in the town like there's not there's no there's no like weird like i think a lot of a big trope is like the man who owns the town is like a a, a a bad guy or a jerk or whatever. Yeah. He
0: like loved the town. Like he was giving, he was shaking Jennifer Lewis's hand on that picture when she was mayor. Yeah. And um, yeah. Like everyone just like respected it. Cause everyone kept bringing up like the, I hadn't seen you, Christine Bransky forever until your dad's funeral, which made it seem like it was like recent, like
3: super.
2: Yeah. Recent. I think they said it was like six months ago. <clears throat> Um, yeah. Which I also yeah. thought set up a weird gender dynamic that it was like, your dad was a nice person, but now you're a woman with money, so you're mean. <laughs> well, yeah. Of course. This is a natural <laughs> consequence. Can't you know, let women have control for money? Yeah. my God. Let's
1: go back to not allowing them to have credit cards.
2: Um, so I do think the town faces a bit of criticism. I think also, Adam. I think it's funny that you were like, "Let me give a, let me give a bit of a, a defense of the flyover states trying to make themselves relevant." Because I did read an article in preparation for today called "Hallmark Movies Are Fascist Propaganda." So I think that there's definitely, if we're taking this as part of the overall oof of um Hallmark Lifetime. Now Netflix agenda. you know we understand yeah. we need a better name for them now that they're on so many channels but um well you know there's also definitely a sense of like hey th- like we we want these movies where everyone's white and christian or yeah. a couple black people but that's it and definitely no gays <laughs> and yeah. you know there's not uh, a he
1: job in sight
2: Get out of here oh, with no. that! Oh no! Oh no! No one could have a different faith. That's definitely yeah. true. Um, That's definitely yeah, true. So- pretty,
0: pretty could not live in Fullerville. No, oh
2: no, <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> um, I, I, yes, and I also, but I also think there's something like the reason that like Hallmark, Lifetime, those types, those style of Christmas movies are like weird. The, the nor, the normal ones, not the like one-offs that kind of become weird hits, like a Christmas Prince or whatever um hits. hits. um cult classics. Where they're always like in these very pastoral settings. They're in small, yeah. quaint little towns where nothing, no, no problems ever happened. Da 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 da. And that's like kind of that's like a romance book trope too. Like, and that's fine. Um but I it reminds me of um how when Marie this is so gay. When Marie Antoinette because she was like famously very young when she got married to king louis the 16th she had this like pastoral cottage built on versailles on the on yeah. in the gardens because she wanted to live like the idyllic rustic life but like th- what people always forget is that the idyllic rustic life is not idyllic in any kind of sense of the word like it it takes a lot of ma- maintenance to like have the kind of like ordered chaos that is like a beautiful rustic painting setting.
2: Hamu de la Reine. Okay, well, I'm not gonna be able to say that many times over. So I think Marie Antoinette's little play, Pastoral Town, is is a good metaphor for what happens in these kinds of movies. Of like, it's it's like a person who does not live that life. It's their idealized version of it. Although mm. I think also people who do live in smaller towns and like have more conservative political opinions also really enjoy these. And I can tell you that because the the context for the fascist propaganda article, I read a couple of things in in response to this. So in 2019, Hallmark aired an ad from Zola, the wedding planning site that included a lesbian couple. And then they took the ad down because there was like a Some people writing in to complain about it, and then later put it back on the air. And so, anyway, there were several people who wrote essays like responding to this whole like. There's this group of people on the right who feel like these kinds of things belong to them, and like this is the one channel that they can go and like not have to see unpleasant things like two women kissing. Um, And so I think that I don't
1: even I don't even think they kiss in that. I could be wrong. I thought it was literally that it's just two brides in the ad.
2: I think it said it said that they did kiss because Hallmark's okay. excuse was that they didn't allow for like public displays of affection regardless of gender, and then a bunch of people went through and pointed out a ton of other ads and and movies that they had aired that included kisses, yeah. so they were like, "That's obviously not the case." Um, so I think there was a kiss in it. So I think that that's. Um, I, I feel like that always actually, if we're like really getting into it, makes me wonder about almost like the ethics of consuming stuff like this because I also Mm -hmm. want that like comfortable nothing to stress about Christmas nostalgia type of stuff but it does feel like it's it's increasingly coming with a bit of a bite to it and maybe that's just the divisive times that we live in but the the knowing the fact that people watch these movies who have opinions that I find really bad about how diversity is a bad thing um and that the movies can sort of sometimes you know play into that worldview I think it Mm -hmm. gets really complicated of like is it actually okay to like get into that escapism or is it inherently ideological
0: yeah there's like no like intersectionality about it like it's just like we are just taking one aspect of like what could be and then it's like look yeah like this movie can't be about diversity or whatever, blah, 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 because it's just about this one specific thing and it just runs with it.
2: And I think one example of that, RJ, you brought up earlier, which is Jennifer Lewis saying that she was the first female business owner and first mayor of the town, or first female business owner on the square. And she doesn't mention being black at all, which seems like could could be part of the story, right? But like, Mm -hmm. that's part of kind of our, what we've like decided. Lindsay Ellis has a video about the like, woke feminism of like new wave disney or whatever you call the like the new remakes Mm -hmm. and stuff that they put a lot of like oh girl boss stuff in those and how we've all decided like it's cool to celebrate women doing things but like you couldn't you can't celebrate someone for being the first black something because then that would remind people that there was a time where they faced discrimination which might imply that that still happens right and so and i was like oh yes kansas uh never been any sort of a massacre against black business owners in the state of kansas so of course it wouldn't be relevant that she's african-american because i thought that was oklahoma tulsa
1: oklahoma
2: oh dang (laughs) why did i think tulsa was in kansas i'm so dumb you you guys you can redo it no okay there was there was a massacre close to Kansas. I guess is what I wanted sure, to a say. Stayed away because yeah. So Tulsa. Well, Molly um, Molly
1: hates the flyover states, so it 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 makes sense yeah. why she got them all confused. Yeah,
2: right. as, as, a person, as someone who, who
0: grew up in Minnesota and lives yeah, in Wisconsin,
2: <laughs> I just think that they're all the same, and it doesn't matter. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so I think that that just it makes me uncomfortable, and that was another place where. The Christianity elements. If we want to get into it, it was like, it was like, ooh, could this be camp? Though I mean, we like we've got the gays in here, so we're like trying to be more inclusive. But there's also this aggressive level of Christianity.
0: Aggressive Christianity, which like famously, Molly and I grew up Catholic, so I don't know, Molly, like what your experience is with like other denominations of of Christianity, but like I especially when I moved to America, like, zero experience. Had no idea how it worked. I was like, what do you mean you just stand around and, and talk and, and listen to a song and then, like, eat an actual piece of bread? What do you mean it's a piece of bread? <laughs> um, but, like, that that idea of, like, that pr- the preaching element, like, obviously, like, it it was such a big, like, underlying thing throughout the movie that... I don't know, like it just <laughs> the entire time I was just like, this is just so it's so, yeah, like that Protestantism non-denominational type.
2: Well, I think it's evangelicalism. This is I was writing this down ah. because I was like, this feels so uncomfortable to me. And it's hard to pin down why, because I why? grew up in an extremely Catholic environment. Yes. And also like yeah. Christmas is ultimately a Christian holiday, right? There are less people yeah, who celebrate yeah. it in a secular way, but like is a Christian thing. And I was Mm -hmm. like, it's not like I watch Christmas movies and expect, like, there not to be any reference to Christianity in them. Mm -hmm. But I felt so, it was so jarring to me. And I couldn't figure out if it was that I have now been more outside of the Catholic thing for, like, a longer period of time. So just, like, maybe, maybe any of that would feel a little bit jarring. But I do think it's, like, the evangelical worldview. I mean, sometimes I struggle to articulate this to people that, like, in a lot of ways, I think I have like Christian privilege and that like I get the holidays off that my family celebrates and I like understand references to Christianity. Right. Mm -hmm. But like when people say Christian in this country, to me, there's a really big difference between Catholics and evangelicals. And I think mainline Protestants and maybe Adam, you can talk to this. I feel like mainline Protestants are like closer over to to Catholics where like I would assume that some of this stuff also feels a little bit wild to you but there's parts of it that feel so foreign to me just absolutely
1: Mm -hmm. well it's so funny so this movie is very fascinating in terms of Christianity because there is no actual preaching of the light there's no actual like It's not like baby Jesus, like we have to prepare for baby Jesus. Yeah, we don't get the nativity story. We don't get, like, there's not a sermon. There's there's like a beginning of a conversation that he's going to start at this meeting about what's going on. And it kind of gets taken over by the town with Wicked Witch in the middle. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I think, though, at the end, the end reveals in the church, and I think that is his sermon, isn't it, that then introduces her? Oh, yeah. Yes, but... even then, I mean,
1: yes, yes, yes. I would say that that's what that is supposed to be. But the writing was more kind but of. But it like was more like he was like preparing, revealing. That it, I will say that is how a a Protestant Actually, minister does a sermon. I will say that in the being like arm arm on the pulpit, does a laugh like <laughs> there was a <laughs> there was a woman who let her baby go. And that baby Could you imagine
2: RJ a priest leaning against the pulpit in such a casual manner? I can't I can't even. <laughs> I can't.
1: I can't. Um but um like apart from that and even that that is pretty short because the 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 real behemoth of that scene is when she comes in to then to tell her life story and then everyone is shocked that She's clearly come around to the other side, but she still says, I'll let you stay here. And they're all like,
2: wow, I didn't see that coming. I have to say, as I was watching this, I was like, if I were in this town and this woman got up here and she was like, let me tell you about when I had my baby and all this stuff. And I'd be like, that's so great that you found your son, but are you going to evict me? I re- That's so Do much want- more relevant to my life. I re- I would stand up and interrupt her and be like, that's so great. Are you going to evict us though? Because like, I need to know now. That's like actually really important. So Immediately
0: after the service, I have to put boxes outside to be picked up.
2: Yeah. I was so- packing on the way here. So like, could we get past the baby stuff? Cause like, I need to know if I need to leave my house. I'm paying tonight.
1: holiday rates to two men in a truck, and they are <laughs> on their way to my house.
2: Oh, Do man, I need I had to such leave? Such a bad move, last move. It's, it's stressing me out just thinking about it. Oh, oh my god, terrible! It's so bad. <sighs> yeah, um, I want to say like the closest thing that you could say was
0: preaching. I feel like
1: a lot of their, a lot of the Christianity in those like. Moments where, unfortunately, I am going to say that it was cringe yeah. are between like the
0: the it's pastor the husband and, and the pastor. It's like how they talk to each other. They talked like as if they were share- like they were in like Bible study. Group. Yes. Because it was like, yeah, well, don't you don't forget that when when Abraham <laughs> like went through this, blah, blah, blah. like it just felt like that because she like when you said she doesn't talk like
3: a normal, normal human being.
2: Dialogue. No. Yeah, it does have a little bit of a feeling of like, if you've ever seen clips of like Christian influencers who will like make videos together being like, how yes, we dated absolutely. in a godly way. And like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's that vibe. Absolutely. I yeah. also feel like that the actor who plays the pastor, the first scene of them, which I think is the scene <laughs> directly after the opening number. We're going <laughs> chronologically through the movie again. <laughs> um, yes.
3: Oh
0: yeah, they have the They're fun. like,
2: he is so serious in that scene that I almost yeah. for a minute was like, is he gonna be the villain? like villain? that seems way yeah. off for a Christmas movie, but like maybe and I think he was the furthest away from camp like he he was in yes. a very different movie than Christine Bransky was in. literally he played
0: that. He 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 played played Pastor Christian so seriously the entire movie, which is just funny because his other credit that I knew this actor from is from the other two, which is the comedy central show, uh, now and on HBO Max. Now on HBO Max. And he plays like a man child. Like he's like a 30-year-old yeah, wanting, like wanting to be wanting to be an influencer. So he's just like, oh, that's fire. Oh, that's dope. And I'm like, you trying to play this makes me feel like you're doing a bit. Because he was like doing a voice. He was like pronouncing words he's like he like, was in Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> he's
1: also like, sorry, he's also really hot. And I don't mean to say that in, like, whatever. I just mean to say, like, he's very traditionally attractive. And his wife is not. Okay. And that's fine. And that's not the point. But what I am saying is that they had no chemistry. Yes. So that on top of them having these weirdo conversations where I was like, this man is a gay pastor and she's his beard like what I was reading into this and
2: and the fact that she was like blaming herself for the infertility and the the setup for their first song is like I don't understand why you love me so it feels like the movie is trying to acknowledge like he's more conventionally attractive than she she's not unattractive Mm -hmm. it's just that he is like supermodel level you know like you would i would laugh in his face if he walked he's a a hollywood actor i'd be like you can't people don't look like that in real life right yes and And she
0: looks like an average
2: (laughs) she looks like a regular person yeah and yeah and also though i will say that i you mentioned the code earlier and i wrote in the notes that uh Men with a well-trimmed beard and in a nice coat is the straight women equivalent of putting women in bikinis for no reason in movies. Like that is, there is a Hot. particular brand of straight lady for whom a man in a good coat is like, yeah. that's it. That's all they need. They'll be retiring why, to, their, to their room <laughs> after this, y'all.
1: Yeah. And that's why they, the Christmas movies are so important is because what other season are you going to put a man in a beard and the a coats. coat?
2: Exactly. We need the coats. Here is also I wanted to know if um RJ if this felt like your experience also with Catholicism. Mm-hmm. They have a line in that scene as well where they talk about God blessing them by like bringing the other one into their lives. And I was like for Catholics, God is not doing you favors. No, He's not, not doing He's not doing anything. anything. I am trying to make him happy constantly that is the (laughs) dynamic in catholicism me trying to not disappoint big daddy in the sky he's not doing stuff for me what are you talking about and i guess there is still that sense of like oh he's got a plan and like sometimes they're like oh he works in mysterious ways Mm -hmm. things comes up but like i could not imagine two catholics turning to each other and being like i'm so glad that the lord saw to bring you to me like what
1: well that's where the calvinism in like Protestantism is yeah. like hello, everything is predestined. Yeah, basically you just work until you die, so that at I least need, that, I need to know.
2: The right thing. <laughs> I need to know the denomination and the religious texts that underpin this particular <laughs> register.
1: Well, yeah, so it's very clearly the there is no specific denomination mentioned. Like it's very yeah. obviously not Catholic, but Even like though, it's just general Protestant yeah. in some kind of way. The
0: church gave me a little
1: Episcopal. No, it's not. It's it's not? I, there it is an actual church that they filmed at. <gasps> it is a Presbyterian oh. church. Ah. Which is okay. like closer to Calvinism.
2: Yeah. I feel like Presbyterians are from. like right the line. They're like right on the yeah. line between mainline Protestants and evangelicals. They're like right in the I, middle of that. that so I see why you would go for that correct. if you were trying to be general, right? Yeah. 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 Interesting. I
3: uh-huh.
0: Are you going to play the song a little bit here? Unfortunately. The duet? Yeah, the duet. Do
2: you want to hear yeah. any of the songs from this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Here's the Here's your a uh, Christmas classic we all know and love. Take it away, hot guy and wife.
4: You-
0: Here's the thing about
1: hot priest caught dead.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm still hot priest. I Molly, I yeah, but you're Catholic. Yes, because I am Catholic. Did you ever watch Fleabag season yeah. one, season two? Okay. Oh, so good. Uh, so good. Just quick tangent. When I watched season two of Fleabag, we were like going to Paris. Uh, so I was watching the fle- on the plane, like on the plane. And oh, I okay. had such.
2: I thought it was just like a, such a flax. We were about to go to Paris, you know, it
0: was part of the
2: season that we were, um, (laughs) yeah.
0: But I was so horny for Hot Priest.
2: Yeah. And Uh, when we got,
0: when we went to, when we went to, yes. Famously gay. Famously gay. That it was truly like, this is literally all of my Catholic school fantasies come to life. And I can't even deal with it um anyway jumping back to, <laughs> ju-
2: well, jumping okay, back to- I, I think i have a good segue which is the other thing that was interesting to me is that also rj i want your take on this i feel like growing up angels were like a half step below possessions in the ranking of like we can't say they're not real because it's in the bible but like stuff like that doesn't oh. really happen anymore and I don't know how much that's a universal see, Catholic thing. Okay.
1: Like, we're going to have a very different experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. because RJ is from the in. Philippines.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. The Philippines is so inherently c- Catholic; like it has imbued with like our culture. Catholic, Ca- capital C. It has like imbued with our like culture. And we, uh, what did I, it's like superstitious Catholicism. So we do- Spiritual Catholicism. Spiritual Catholicism. Catholicism. So there's like a fanaticism about it. We have like, we kiss the feet of statues. Like we pray Mm -hmm. the rosary. Mm -hmm. Like we pray for miracles. Like that's a very big thing still to us. And I don't know if that's just more like, because we were like a colonized Catholic Catholic country that it like imbued with more of the like indigenous folk- combined right. with like oh it's making sense yeah it's god that's doing this
2: and that's i mean that's what catholicism did everywhere that it went because i think it's the yeah. i don't know the terminology for this but i believe it's the largest like singular denomination of a religion in the world do you know what yeah, i mean right. like there yes. might be more like there are more muslims but there are other there are branches of of islam and so like it's the biggest like singular religion and so like mm-hmm. obviously it has changed in different and absolutely in ireland it was the same thing where like it took parts of the pagan stuff that was already there and yeah, all that stuff. Really. I think that my parish growing up was – it was fairly conservative, but it was also fairly, like, science-minded. Do you know what I mean? So that mm-hmm. just, like, wasn't part of the, kind of the mentality there. But I do – I get it. that, And I certainly knew people who referred to angels and stuff. I just don't remember yeah. ever – it being part of like a homily. Like it didn't feel like it was coming oh, from official Catholicism. Yeah. That like, oh, yeah, angels are was, real and you should really be praying to them. Like that was kind of, yeah, Yeah. Well, in Like in my
0: experience, we we loved the saints. Loved oh, yeah. the saints. We loved, loved the all saints. the archangels too. So like that was like, as a child, we
1: were always well, like. you're named after us.
0: I am named after an angel. An also. angel. Angels. Yeah, arch- an arch- oh, archangel. Oh, yeah. So, so it's like we were always like okay you have a problem pray to this patron saint pray to this guardian angel like so that was always like um just like imbued with how we we viewed things so like angels were very big like for mine like my experience um i have like a weird fascination about them i think it is because of that like saints like the it's like the who's who of of, Catholic, of the Catholic cinematic universe, <laughs> and I was just always like obsessed with like who is what in like holy, like s- yeah saints and angels stuff.
2: Yeah. Whereas I think my education was more along the lines of like saints are people whose lives you should emulate, and like yeah. you can pray to them, but like their their purpose was less about like interceding in your life now as it was to like be a role model for you, which is yeah, it's again, like they did more it. sort of like. <laughs> based in the physical world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's my question about these angels. Did they almost murder a child <laughs> just to, to teach Christine Baranski a lesson? No, I don't think because... they were involved. But okay, so this child, so y'all, like two thirds of the way through the movie, we've met this cute little kid who like poured Christine Branski a drink at this bar that my her dad runs. My
0: favorite moment, uh, my favorite scene in the whole
3: movie. Yeah, let me she, just say She pours
2: herself a, 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 w- um, a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, no a, chocolate he, milk, she, a chocolate milk. Yeah, chocolate milk, a chocolate milk, which is amazing. <laughs> we should pause and play that song. Yes, it's probably okay. my
0: favorite song.
1: I, I think it's my so, favorite song. It's
2: sure. a great it's a great grown woman little kid song. It's so great. Yeah. Life is
1: not a fairy tale. I guess it is for some but not for us. I guess we both know life too well. We've seen and felt what it can do, and we don't care that much. For all oh, the, the skills. Scary-
4: Just lessons we have learned too well. No, life is not a fairy tale. Not a fairy
2: tale. So she was like this little side character. And then like two thirds of the way through the movie, she's in a near fatal car accident, which is also wild because her mother, we learned earlier, died in a car accident. Nolly. Going to get her medicine. <laughs> So she this family not, has terrible luck with car accidents, y'all. It's I like a say. really bad situation.
1: I want to be specific and say she is not in a car accident. She is washed. She is like she loses control of the car and is washed into the river. Basically, that is yes. what happens to
2: the car. And and that is also a lesson for Christine Baranski because it turns out that she was rushing to go get her daughter medicine. I don't actually know why that's connected <laughs> to her rent. I, you know what? She'll yeah. get into it later.
1: I will, I will bring up a very important point later in regards okay. to yes. Okay. Okay. Adam
2: will I'll explain this at- yeah. So anyway, so something where Christine Branski was demanding the rent, so her mom had to rush to get her medicine, and then she dies. Yeah. Then this child is hit by a car, and they rush her into the hospital. Christine Berinsky immediately is like, oh, my God, get me the best neurosurgeon in the country. Like, she doesn't need additional anything. Like, she's there to, like, help this child, right? Yeah. And then Dolly Parton appears in the back of the ambulance and turns to the <sighs> angel in training and says, phase one complete. And I think she is saying, I think that what that line communicates is, she I tried up. to murder this child. Because the point of why I'm here is to get Christine Baranski to be nicer. And that is wild. That is, that's such a, I mean, I guess it fits into a Christian worldview that God does really kind of messed up things things. sometimes for his goals. But like, wow, what a way to be an angel.
0: That's the that was my main question about just the angels in general, like the rules of the magic for the angels. Oh my god! Because first, like I thought, Angel Dolly Parton parentheses was just Regina's angel, but then I was like, okay, now you interview, now you introduced Felicity, who technically, if you're following like Charmed rules, that is that A is her. Lighter. Yes, that is her angel. She is technically assigned to Regina. But for some reason, it's like having your boss micromanage your work constantly. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, well, let me let me get involved because you're still clearly training. And I'm like, then why are you, why did you even have her train? If you all along were already going to be involved in this, <laughs> this.
2: And what is the cosmic timeline that allows there to be an angel in training? like
1: well see this is where okay so this movie is borrowing obviously from a few different christmas stories so there's obviously yeah. a christmas carol the angel in training is obviously from it's a wonderful life so like they're pulling these specific okay. like references yeah. of they're kind of like what is the what's the post postmodernism like ter- pastiche they're pastiching everything like kind of christmas together movie. in a nice little big pot
0: you could say
2: it became yeah but in in it's a wonderful life they explain that he's like There's that scene at the very beginning with the stars where he's like, oh, I've been, he's like been trying to get his wings and he's been failing to do that. So he's been, we understand he's been working, but like Felicity. Are
1: you trying to to argue that this movie doesn't explain what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Because I am shocked to hear
2: that. If we're going with a biblical understanding of angels where they are like immortal beings that also exist alongside God, not, unless this is a situation of like, dead people become angels become which angels, is what some people yeah. believe but is like yeah. less biblically supported but obviously there's there's a lot of stuff that informs christianity i'm not gonna say good. what's correct it's been a it's been a while since the source material was written <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so so like felicity appears to just be like a young person so is god making more angels all the time and if so well, there's do older overpopulation angels die? no i mean exactly like what is, how can you be, if you're an immortal being, how can you be in training for a new job? Did she have a different job previously? She was in
0: HR she was, Yeah, previously. she was in HR previously. She got promoted. She talked to her manager saying, I just really want a different career path. I just yeah. feel like this isn't fulfilling. With my t-. development
1: track. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So
0: she's
2: technically shadowing,
0: I think. And, uh <laughs> Okay.
2: I, I I accept it now. I'm good with it.
1: <laughs> I also want to point out the false equivalency. There is a point in this movie when basically the moment you find out that she is an angel in training, she they have this like kind of exchange with her and Felicity and Angela where they she's like I don't I don't want to do this. I want to quit. And Angel says, "If you quit now, you're as bad as she is. A woman who is going to evict an entire <laughs> town of people." <laughs>
0: Rather than this angel who doesn't really have a choice in what she has to do, right? I think that's kind of the point when
1: you're an angel. I do also love...
2: don't understand.
1: I do love Uh, that humans can't deal with the actual biblical description of what angels are. So we just make them people with wings. (laughs) Because if we were to try to be like, they are they're cre- they are beings that are so frightening every time they appear to someone they have to be like be not afraid <laughs> Calm don't down. be Calm afraid no, no, It's this is a, it's lot. a swirling vortex of like rings intertwined <laughs> with 38 heads around it staring <laughs> right. it's inward wild with- and like but, but humans are like no no it's a nice looking girl with wings, <laughs> with wings. that's yeah it. what if it that's was just what a pretty
2: lady what if that's what yeah. it was <laughs> what if that was, just, what if also, she was basically a fairy yeah i also just need to emphasize to the listeners because i don't know how clear we were about this that we don't find out that felicity is an angel in training until halfway through the movie no an 50, hour
1: 55 minutes 55 into film. to 60 oh minutes God. into the movie 60 minutes is when we find, 60 minutes is, no, because 60, (laughs) okay, sorry. An hour into this movie is the situation where we find out the, like, we watch the backstory of her, like, giving up her child. So it's, like, right before that. Oh, my
2: God. So it's, like, an an hour hour and 20 in total?
1: It's an hour 38.
2: An hour 38. And we find out about the child at an hour? Yeah. Oh, wow. There's a lot that happens after that. I forgot <laughs> about it, I guess. Um, yeah. It's I literally – because there are so many characters. So we told you that there's the child with the chocolate milk. There's the couple that's struggling with fertility. Christine Baranski has this old flame that she's, like, having some conversations with. And I literally – we cut back to a scene of Felicity, like, putting away groceries. And I put in my notes, what's the point of this character? And then Dolly Parton <laughs> starts talking to her about being an angel in training. And I was like – so she's like important to the whole, like it was so wild that they waited yes. so long to tell wanna you about I want to go this.
1: on record and say that I, I think Felicity was probably my favorite part of this movie because I, I did, I I thought the twist was fun. I thought that was a good little gag for an act two moment. But also I actually, I thought the actress did a really good job and I liked that, Like I liked that character type of like, Awkward kind of like bumbling.
0: But that assistant. whole sequence of Angel and Training, uh where they like had her dance too. <laughs> Adam and I were like, Angels and Trainings are just BFA candidates.
1: Oh, hundred percent <laughs> When they were like going, yeah. Why was she at the bar, like <laughs> doing
2: what? What? 'Cause it's the most effective metaphor, obviously, for being an angel in training. I think I would agree um, with you, Adam, that it would be a fun reveal if Felicity had felt like an important character. An important character. If she had, like, like she was been doing in stuff. stuff in that first, and we had seen yeah. her like fail at helping and we just thought that was because she was the assistant. And then it was like, Oh, she's, she's an angel. angel. That would have been cool. But she's yeah. been in like one and a half scenes so far. We've spent yeah. so, she's been so in much time away from her. Film. Yeah, yeah. And then they're I like say, that's why I guess say it's what?
1: fun and not good.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but <clears throat> the other thing about Angel is Angel magic, okay? So like yes, I oh think we've God. already talked about the potential of yes, <laughs> phase 1 was to to set up the the almost death of the girl. But then when she was singing, she basically did a little did a little spell and cured her, cured the little girl, and then went over to the baby store and cured Cured the uh cured the barren womb. <laughs> she like did a little spell, and the like magic sprinkled into her literally stomach. her stomach. And I was like, "Oh
1: my god!" Which is so the isn't, problem? Was, <laughs> wasn't that technically immaculate conception? <laughs> is that how like, we ended up with Jesus? Did she, did she fix the
0: womb, or tell did she... me that that's not <gasps> what happened to the Virgin Mary? Or did Mary? she put a baby in the womb? What is, what just happened? Because she like smiled. She
1: was like, "I just felt." So. Yeah, it felt like she was like, "I felt the baby kick," and I was like, "Girl, you didn't feel nothing kick."
2: There I think I thought that there. they were just fixing the her fertility Ficked issues so she could. I yeah, oh. I don't know. Um, I feel like th- it's just this is the problem with an interventionist God, right? It's like a whole mindset <laughs> for the world. It's like why. Why did this have to happen for them to when you earn could have just, having a child? Yes. You could have done this all along. So if you believe yeah. in a world in which angels can do that kind of stuff, why? Right. Why they didn't do something? They didn't learn no. a lesson. It was just that they Correct. found out who his mom was. So like. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would they have to wait? So I'm so I'm coming for Christianity, you guys, uh, or at least a version of it that Judy Dench, this kind of thinking. Christianity, like uh, we're taking
1: down all the greats yeah. here,
2: all the greats, <laughs> the pillars of Western society: Christianity <laughs> and Dave, Judy Dench. <laughs> um. Uh.
1: There is that song that she. I can't. I cannot believe. I I keep forgetting that she has a a brain brain tumor. tumor.
0: Oh my God. Yes. Which ended up just being like a way to explain that this is probably why she see
2: for her. Yes. So she uses this because she is a rational person to be like, I "I guess I'm I'm seeing this angel. (laughs) I guess I'm seeing this angel because I have a brain tumor. And then at the end, the doctor comes up and is like, guess what? You don't have a brain tumor. And she just goes, Great news. And then continues on with her day. And I was like, you just found out angels are real. And you're just like, cool. I had an errand to run. What? <laughs> what? I mean, obviously it's good. You're not gonna die of a brain tumor. But like she does not take in the gravity of what she's just been told in any Literally. way.
0: Anyway. No.
1: <sighs> um, let's play light your lamp. Cause, uh,
0: Why not? We haven't played I mean, a song in a while. I'm all. not
1: gonna say I don't stand Dolly Parton. So, right.
3: Spread some light
1: wherever you go, and always leave an afterglow. Be a beacon in the night.
4: Light your lamp and spread the light. May this little light of
3: mine cast a glow wherever
2: it shines, like the way it's
3: oh,
1: fine.
2: To I brighter just really,
1: the songs are not memorable.
2: They're so not memorable. And I also want to say that the setup for that is that her father's favorite uh, story was of the Scottish lamplighter. Do you know what the story is? He used to light lamps. That's not a story, Dolly Parton. <laughs> it's not a story. The story is he used to light lamps and then you could tell where he had been based off where the, la- the lanterns were lit. That's the whole story. That's, that's what the story is. Uh, my favorite, my, my favorite, favorite story. Old story. There used to be a guy who would light lamps, it was that's so
1: fit beginning we, middle and end right there we were like
2: adam and i were like
0: did he invent the lamp because they were like this is an old prototype oh, yeah she was of like
1: yeah the 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 deus ex lampina that happens in this film where a bible pops out of a lamp a bible jack in the boxes out of a lamp like fully po- blue skidoos out of a lamp um and in the store she's like this is this is the prototype she's not british this is the prototype my father made of the lamps and i was like "It's Ex- prototype me. it's a lamp what is a prototype of a lamp
2: turn he did, yeah on. he invented lamp that's that's what they were but that's it's not they even they're like
1: yeah The story actually takes place in uh Fifteen thirty. That's it's, you, so you it's don't actually, realize that. But.
2: Yeah, it's like The Shining, where if you pay really close attention, you find out that her father's been alive for hundreds of years. So mm-hmm. yeah, you, but you maybe missed it because it was like really subtle. Yeah,
1: yeah, just like the Christianity elements.
2: Which, speaking of the lamp, the way that she finds out who her son is is she finds this Bible in a lamp, and then when she goes to tell him, she goes. It's written in a Bible, so it must be true. So it be must true. be
1: true. That
2: was when I truly <sighs> lost my mind because I was like <laughs> setting aside, okay, people believe that everything written, written in the Bible is true. I understand that that's an important part of many that's people's thing, religious yeah. beliefs. But you know that people can just write things in Bibles, right? It's not that it's in the script of the Bible. It's that not a man wrote it down in there and and believing we need no other evidence for your paternity than the fact that somebody chose to write it in a Bible is the wild, I mean, you're gonna be taken for all your money <laughs> if that's how gullible that you are as a person.
1: Well, and then they like, they do the whole thing where he was like, he always was at my games. He came to my graduation. <laughs> it's so. The, oh, this movie is wild. <laughs> I'm not kidding when I say the word wild. Like, truly an out of nature experience.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about what did keep us invested in the movie, and that is Christine. Baranski. If this movie was a one-woman show, I would have just watched just her. I didn't need anyone else. Honestly, I would have wanted a two-person, a three-person scene of just Christine Baranski, Jennifer Lewis playing all the parts as an everyman character, literally just switch, switching out hats and, and shirts. <laughs> And then Dolly Parton as the angel. And I, this movie would have been
1: great for me. There are so many songs in this movie. <laughs> there are like 26 songs. Half of them are like reprises. But like there are too many songs in this movie. There are too many songs. I never thought I would say that about a
0: music. <laughs> I literally texted that to Molly. I was like, hot take. Musicals have too many
1: songs? Like we would... And it would because I think the other thing was is there was no like ebb and flow between songs. Yes. We would yeah. like end a song... Have one sentence of dialogue and jump straight into the yeah. next song.
0: There wasn't like a school, like a musical language connecting, so it didn't even feel like it was like a phantom. And this like
1: is not. This is th- we're not in the world of musicals where it's like I was compelled by emotion to. I've come to this point where I need to release via song. No, it was it's lines
0: like, of exposition being sung. <laughs> like, yes.
1: Jennifer Lewis in the opening song like sings the words that we've been friends since we were school or we were in school. And I was like yeah. that's bad. Don't write that. I think
2: I think returning to the original purpose of this podcast which is analyzing musicals. I think potentially this is a a movie with songs not a musical actually.
1: Yeah, which is cra- it feels like a movie that is uh, Like kind of those like classic like 1920s, 30s, 40s musicals where they're just stitching songs together. But these are all specifically written. Most of them are all specifically written for this thing, which is like really crazy.
2: I want to read that reminded me of a quote that I um, found in some of my reading. So I looked up also obviously information about like Hallmark movies. And I found an interview with two people who write scripts for Hallmark movies. And one of this is the best quote in it where one of them said, I've said it's like writing a movie in the 40s, but then I look at a movie from the 40s and it's edgier.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. People don't give the 40s enough credit. There's the song that happens in the church, when they're, which is basically their Fahu Fores Dahu Dores from uh, Grinch, that I want to play a little bit because it is stupid.
0: Is it the I Believe
1: I Can Fly song? I think it's this one. I think it's called Try. Try.
0: It's like we're gonna we're not gonna give up on on resisting against regina we gotta try and then it just evolves into the song that's like different uh like not stereotypes but just different literally like canned items of like uh, that describe like trying against like trying your best like like pitching a great ball game, or like like a father trying to what like, and I was just like, what is this uh, Christmas like card greeting card song?
2: <laughs> well, because part of the uh, rules of these kinds of movies, I think, is that no one can have adult problem solving skills, and so <laughs> their response to Regina selling the town is first to sing a song about how mean she is, which is the Witch of the Middle. And then and then they're like, we should just we should just really do something. But no one's like, does anyone know a lawyer or like a person (laughs) who could help with a situation regarding eviction?
0: No, it's a song just to be like, let's like, let's pick ourselves up. We can do it.
1: Which kind of would have been fun if like Carl was a lawyer. Like that could have been like tension. It could have brought conflict.
2: He could have had, yeah, an actual. (laughs) No, he just
1: owns a pawn shop.
2: Yeah. I, guess. I I think it's a second-hand store. But the or, pawn shop is
0: But the second-hand shop is important because he's a keeper of memories. I keep memories in the store, the memories of our This is town a literal
1: explanation of a second-hand <laughs> shop. I keep memories. I keep mem-
0: these items have once belonged to people Molly, this and... was a
1: song in the in the movie I don't know if you remember um, <laughs> No, I was going to say
2: What bothered me about <laughs> oh. that so I was pausing because I thought maybe you wanted to play it um,
1: I mean, I can I... Let's just throw it in here Why? I
2: already
0: sang it That's essentially what it was
2: <laughs> Yeah, I already gave us a perfect rendition
4: This tea set, this cabinet To a sweet little maze Old George Braford Made it and they used to play. Ah, she loved her grandpa with all of her might, and he hoped his love might keep her alive. With her beautiful face and her little bald head, they'd drink pretend tea with make-believe bread. Memories. Are precious and priceless their value not measured in gold and I am the keeper of memories I know they hold riches untold and I will forever well, be what he says at one point because
2: I was writing in my notes in that as a minimalist this is my worst nightmare of a shop um but then he says in the song that the memories are not in the objects. And then I was like, so why? Why is this why your branding? You this? <laughs> His whole thesis was like, I need this whole shop full of old stuff because of memories. But then he's like, but the memories aren't in the objects, which is like obviously true. But like, then why? What's what's your purpose then? <laughs> what's bud? your purpose?
1: I want to talk about the flashback to the dance.
0: Yes. Yeah. Now, when they showed this, it was like, okay, this, this is, is how you know Debbie Allen this is Debbie this. Allen. This, this is, is Debbie Allen Debbie, Al- Debbie Allen sure. said, "Disco, give me disco." She said, right. Legs, right now. Kicking. legs kicking. Ugh. And that's why Christine she to know.
2: Baranski says. And keep in mind, her father has been portrayed as like a kind-hearted lovely man throughout this, never as a disciplinarian or authoritarian figure. She says in the voiceover, father let me go because it was a Christmas dance. <laughs> what does that mean?
1: That's what literally my question. What is a Christmas dance?
2: But also what is she, she's saying then that her father believed that other dances were immoral other than if they were for Christmas And what is the worldview that he has constructed, in which his teenage daughter is not allowed to go to dances unless they have a Christmas theme?
0: Here's the thing: he didn't want a daughter; he wanted a son. That's why he went to all the games. You know, that's why he was at graduation for Father.
1: Well, they so they do this thing when you see the baby get taken away, where the baby is wrapped in like this, uh. It's kind of wrapped in swaddling clothes, one could say, and it was laying in a manger. Um, But when they pass off the baby, the baby has like some pink in the like fabric of the like uh, blanket that's wrapping the baby. So I was like, at first, I was like, as soon as she had the baby and the baby was gonna be given up, I was like, oh, it's someone. The pastor is the is the baby. Yeah. And then I saw it was pink, and I was like, oh maybe it's not maybe it's a different maybe it's the wife I don't know and then it was just so I think they specifically chose like a pink thing to be like oh you never know because of course I as a viewer watching a movie like this if I am presented with a baby and any kind of pink color you have to assume that that is because they are Mm -hmm. giving the information of what is stereotypically a a girl baby's color
0: also the woman the actress who plays young christine baranski was so bad when she when her baby was being taken away from her she was doing the like scrunching the face and like no but he's my baby dad no like as if like she was being told that she was grounded and adam and i were like why didn't they just hire the girl who played young Christine Bransky in in Mamma Mia Mia, 2 here we go
1: again because she's incredible (laughs) Molly I can't wait for you to see it um can I say something else that I said to RJ while we were watching this this movie felt like sometimes they talk about when they were filming movies on like actual film where they would be like oh we only had so much footage we only had so much film left like we were gonna run out so we had to use the takes that we had or whatever um Whereas like now that's not really a thing because it's all digital and you just delete a file and call it a day or whatever. But I, I said to RJ, I was like, this movie, there were shots in this movie or things about this movie that I was like, this feels like a thing where they were like, oh, we only have three days to shoot it. Or we only have one can of film left. So we got to make it all count. Because when, the, when, the, when Pastor Christian, again, that's his name. <laughs> I just want to reiterate, a little Redundant. Um, When Pastor Christian is giving his, like, sermon at the end of the movie, right before he brings in his mom, um, there are, like, two little acolyte altar boy pallbearers, like, whatever you want to call them, off to the sides, and they're holding these, like, fake pillar candles, and they are so bored because they're just, like... (laughs) Like, if you watch them instead of watching him do the sermon, they're fully like
0: playing with kids. I the will candles. say,
1: doing what kids do as I would like say altar realism. boys. Yes, absolutely. Because I, when I, I will say this, I will tell the story. When I was an altar boy, we called them acolytes at my church. And wow. when, thank you. And when I would, we would like go up and then we would like process and then we would sit on the side very, whatever, that's very normal. And we wore like these white robes with white cinctures, a.k.a. ropes. And so I would do this thing where I would like get bored during the sermon and the the pulpit was right above where we would like sit. So everybody's staring at the priest and I am like playing with my like little rope on on my robe. And I was like twiddling, twiddling, twiddling. And I knew this is what my mom would do when she noticed that I was like not paying attention. This is like 50 feet away in the middle of the church and he's like giving a sermon and I just hear, and I knew that that was my mom and I'd be like, (gasps) and I'd just like stare for the rest of the sermon and
0: it was so frightening. That's amazing.
1: It was very, yeah, that was my mom's way of making me.
0: The little boy on the right was fully yawning.
1: Oh, he yawns.
0: While in the middle, Christine Baranski is giving (sighs) (laughs) her whole speech about how what her life story is. And this Mm -hmm. little boy could not
1: care less. No, can't be bad.
2: I wouldn't either. I want to know if I'm being evicted. I'm on the boy's side.
1: (laughs) This is what I'm saying, though. That's what I was also like. Did this movie have an editor? And then I said to RJ, I said, this movie have an editor, or did like an algorithm like a computer stitched together the plot of this film and then i it was, was like an app. because that's why it would make that it clear it keeps focusing on this woman in the ensemble this blonde lady who like <laughs> has no actual point right. but for yeah. some reason she keeps being included in every shot and then the minute i said that it cut to the blonde lady in the <laughs> congregation and i was like ah! <laughs>
0: it's listening. Oh. They
2: wanted to give everyone in Atlanta like an equal opportunity to shine on screen, you know?
1: Um it is, it does feel a little crazy that we haven't talked about Jennifer Lewis, who gets a gospel number in the middle of this film after literally the car accident just happened and she uh, goes into the church and she's like Hopefully the kid'll get better <laughs>
0: hallelujah hallelujah you gotta try, try 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 yeah it that the the uh, whole Jennifer Lewis about uh, the movie is the full she's not allowed to be a black woman she's only allowed to be like a black woman. all the parts of what we love about black women. So she's giving you the affirmations in the service. She's giving you this gospel number. She's giving you like the sassy hair salon lady who like is actually, you know, like fighting back against uh, Regina. And it's so, it feels so artificial because it's just like you are just portraying what they like about black women. (laughs) And it was so. Yeah. It was such a bummer because she's such a good actress. Obviously, like, obviously, I'm sure this was a a, a favor to her good friend Dolly. You know, yeah. so like the entire movie, I was just like, she's having fun. Like, I can tell that she's like, you know, having fun with it. But it, I don't know. It just felt so like, oh, this is so not.
1: I don't know. Not it was genuine. a I mean, very. Didn't- it was a very boring. Jennifer Lewis' performance for an actress who like is never really boring. Yes, in anything. exactly. So that was kind of sad.
2: And we didn't talk about her up till now because she doesn't contribute anything to the plot. Any. She has no. a song with know. Regina where she tells her she's mean, and then Christine Marie just says like I don't care what you think, basically. And then yeah. she does the gospel number at the end, but like she doesn't do anything that actually impacts anybody. No. And that's the thing when she sings Queen of Mean.
0: A couple of songs later, they sing "Wicked Witch of the Middle." So I was like, yeah. "You just literally
1: <laughs> this already happened
0: over like you just like beat Jennifer Lewis's song because you made didn't... it like now let's do a bigger version of it." I'm like, "Then why did they you never want... do it?"
2: They didn't want to reveal the the backstory for Christine Baranski, and so they kept just having to be like, "She sure is mean, huh?" And she that sure was all that they could say about her because they couldn't tell us any more information about her character.
1: It does feel it was very frustrating because it clearly felt like they were like well we should have like a major character quote unquote be black and that's really honestly what it feels like that that was like the whole decision around this character but like imagine if like the pastor's wife was black like i just think that could have been even more interesting if it was like I, I don't know i mean i should say violet is black her dad is black the like kid um so that's also like a thing i just i the care jennifer lewis's character has nothing to do in this film and it's very frustrating because she's the most dynamic i would person i on. would i would be fine with it if she was given a bunch of like zingers to say yeah, one-liners right. jokes to tell and she doesn't even, she get doesn't sad. even do that there are yeah. like no jokes in this film there are things that people think are jokes but I think like, they're just Dolly good Part- line. People keep saying "Good heavens!" and Dolly keeps saying, "Yes, they are," and like that's supposed to be funny. But I think they're just
0: good line readings from Dolly Parton and Christine Bransky. Because Christine Bransky, when Felicity is like trying to like, "Oh, but you should really do this. You should go see that doctor," and she she says, she says, "If you want a friend, get a dog."
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> and I was it's like, great. That is so
0: good. But that's clearly Christine Baranci reading the assignment, knowing what she's supposed to do.
1: Just leaning in. Leaning in. Yeah. Because you don't really buy that she's fully, like, a new person at the end of this. I mean, I don't. I was like, yeah, she feels fine now, but in two months she's going to be like, but I want that Cheetah Mall money. Okay, I'm not living here.
2: I I don't think that she, Yeah. It doesn't seem oh, like she no. was in a financial situation where she needed the money. I think she, she lived on a mansion like on a hill
0: was... overlooking yeah. the whole town.
1: <laughs> well, no, I she lives were to in tell New us. York.
2: Yeah, she lives
0: in New uh, York. That's right. That's right.
1: That's a real. That's a real mansion in like in that in the. I don't remember what suburb it is, but it's like the first suburb of Atlanta. It's this historic mansion that they like used for the exterior shots. Oh, okay.
2: Um, but they were they were basically implying that she was selling the town just because she needed to move on from her past and that she didn't need the money. So, I guess she won't sell it in the future? I don't know.
1: And the mall is going to be built in the middle of the town which is in the middle of the country and it's the biggest mall in the middle of the country.
2: Coming from all of America.
1: Coming from all of America. Coming for her gig. Um, is there literally anything else to say about this film?
2: My
0: only thing that I we didn't talk about is <clears throat> the pastor's wife Jenna wears this wrap. Oh. Do you know she what wears I'm talking this, like, about? Like gray, she wears a gray wrap,
1: and she's wearing like a things.
0: sleeve, like a shoulder revealing, like. Red blouse. It's not like a dress.
1: No, it's just a blouse. But
0: this wrap is not covering her shoulders.
1: She's no, it's covering one One shoulder. shoulder. The way she's wearing it is she is, oh, she's wearing it like this. This is great on a podcast, by the way. This is like prime podcast material where I'm going to put on an article of clothing and you will never see it. This is how she's wearing it. So her shoulders are exposed. It's kind of like a boat neck. And she's wearing her wrap like this.
0: <laughs> and I couldn't. We couldn't stop looking at it. We were like, just pull your damn Pull it up. Wrap up. Pull it up. Also, it's supposed to be
1: a snowing. Like winter. There's active snow on the ground. And people are like not wearing coats. Yeah. It's so bizarre. <laughs> this movie. This is. I will say I've never seen a movie that looks like it was more filmed on a, on a, sound a stage in my
0: yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much. It was giving me full Shemega Dune. Like, it's like, these are all yeah. flats.
2: Yeah. Um, the snow thing is also, I learned, one of the rules of Hallmark Christmas movies, that you yes. have to have snow. You can't even threaten them with a lack of snow. Because there has to be snow throughout the movie. So the plot cannot be about waiting for the snow to come. The snow has to be there already.
0: But they're, like, dressed in, like, I would say, fall clothes. They can't be, right. like, <laughs>
1: No, they would be <laughs> so cold. If it yeah. wears actual snow, they would be, like, uh, I'm going to pass away from hypothermia. Yeah. They're wearing, like, a flannel shirt and, like, jeans. And yeah. they're, like, and
2: never and like, not...
1: Not and a December coat, no hats, <laughs> perfectly done, um perfectly done hair. Obviously it's a movie, that's fine. But like so crazy. Target. So now that us um, nobodies have said our stuff, <laughs> we're going to finally talk about what real professionals have to say. Oh, I put it in the wrong spot today. Um, I forgot I put it down there. Okay. So um, this movie on Rotten Tomatoes has a 63% critic, re- critic score, um, with the critics' consensus of Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square isn't quite up to its star standards, but its overwhelming good cheer and campy self-awareness may be just what viewers are looking for. Um, NPR for LA, uh, correspondent in LA, Amy Nicholson, um, she said, this is Netflix's version of community theater, which I don't really mind. And at the Independent in the UK, Clarice Lowry said, it's hard to figure out quite, sorry, let me do this in a British accent. It's hard to figure out quite where Christmas on the Square is headed in any given moment, despite the film borrowing liberally from festive classics, which I think goes back to like the It's a Wonderful Life poll and the Scrooge poll. But the people on Letterboxd have different takes. Jennifer gave it one and a half stars and said, I genuinely think Dolly Parton is one of the most talented individuals of all time and can do anything. And she proves it in this film by literally impregnating a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Alex Gladman gave this five stars and said this movie is the equivalent of taking 700 milligrams of Benadryl and staring at a model railroad village for six hours. (laughs) The, on people. Point. the people! The give people. Give the people a platform. <laughs> and then this is not a rating, so she didn't give it any stars, but Malachi gives this review, and it's kind of long. But When the child is bartending and explains to Christine Baranski how she, Christine Baranski, is responsible for her, the child's mother's death, without knowing that Christine Baranski is the one responsible, and starts her explanation like... Well, you know that woman who owns the entire town is harsh when people are late on their rent. And I was like, Oh, got it. The mom got evicted and died. But then she continues to say the local pharmacy was late on their rent. So they had to close. And I was like, Oh, okay, got it. The mom worked for the pharmacy and the pharmacy got (laughs) evicted. So the mom lost her job and couldn't pay her rent Then she died. But then she continues with, And I got really sick that winter and I was like, oh, okay." so now I've got it. The mom caught the illness from the daughter and died. But then she says, so my mom had to drive really far to the next closest pharmacy 20 miles away. And I was like, oh, okay, got it. The mom got in a car accident on the way to the pharmacy. But then she's like, and also there was a really bad storm that night and it blew my mom's car off the road into the wash. So no, actually, I was wrong again. (laughs) That's the full review of this film.
2: Oh, and I'm glad very, that she explained um, it to me.
1: I, it's perfect because you know what? It's twists and turns. That's what you're getting with this. You never know what's coming next. You never know. You know, know what's exactly next, really. what's happening, but you never know what's happening. And I think that's, that's a hallmark, if you will,
0: uh-huh. of, this, of this type of
1: movie. Of this type of movie. Ladies and germs, what classic holiday movie would you like to see Dolly Parton create a canned version.
0: I have an answer to this. Is
1: it a musical or is it just a movie?
0: I would put in a musical.
1: I, I would, would put in a musical, but I want someone to be like, Dolly. Dolly, edit. Edit some songs and like fine tune these songs.
0: Or like Don't Dolly. Don't just be like,
1: this is my rough draft of a song and hear you. Go.
0: Or like either Dolly writes <clears> the music <throat> or it's a jukebox musical of Dolly songs fit as a <laughs> holiday movie. Fit into a Christmas here's, movie?
2: Okay.
0: Yes, because here's my pitch. I want her to actually sit down and commit to doing a Christmas Carol, Dolly Parton style. I was so excited for a Christmas Carol movie. I was like, okay, Christine Baranski is going to see the ghost of Christmas Dolly, past, present, and future. And when she appeared, I was trying to track, like, oh, okay, so that was Christmas past because the lanterns. And Adam was like, no, that was Raleigh Crumb or whatever the other guy
1: is. Raleigh just, Crumb? Whatever. The Walt Raleigh, Disney yeah. Imagineer?
0: Whatever name you said, you're like, that was the ghost of whatever with the chains or whatever. What did you say?
1: The first Jacob ghost Marley? that comes. Jacob, Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley,
0: whatever. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, sure.
2: Raleigh Crump,
3: famous <laughs> this is famous a first most
2: character. Raleigh, <laughs> Raleigh Crump. Raleigh Crump. So I, I mean, he doesn't sound like he could okay, like be in a Dickens novel. To be fair, yeah. Or
1: or a character in Harry Potter.
2: Yeah, oh, Professor Crump. <laughs> Professor
0: Crump. <laughs> the
2: so the, the entire time was I was doing Raleigh Crump, crump. <laughs> throwing <laughs> the paper airplanes at Professor. No, no, Crump.
0: So the entire time I was trying to keep track of like, okay, so is this Christmas present? And then they revealed Felicity as an angel. And I was like, oh, we're not doing Christmas Carol anymore. So I feel like I was uh, scammed out of a campy Christmas Carol.
1: You you, get, you literally get the ghost of Christmas past. And by that, I mean just that scenario where you like go and see the past with
0: and then Angel, every time they do a flashback, it. they're all in the past. <laughs> so I was like, oh, so we're just keeping, we're just taking the idea of ghosts, like flashbacks, and then a Scrooge character. Got it. Well, Because like- I was like, okay, Violet's going to be Tiny Tim, so we're going to see Violet. And I guess, like, the her having an accident is, like, the realization that, like, you know tiny tim dies or whatever so i'm like okay but no i wanted full christmas carol i wanted three dollies in three different looks <laughs> as past present future so i felt like i was scammed and i want that that's the christmas skin on the square that i want
1: molly
2: um i was gonna have the exact same answer <laughs> <laughs> oh my god really <laughs> Christmas carol is my favorite holiday narrative I used to go see Amazing. it with Guthrie with my family every year Amazing. and exact same reasoning that I want to see Dolly do all three ghosts in different yes. outfits um so I will make up a new one on the fly because my other favorite Christmas movie is the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Boris Kar- Karloff mm. version. So I would like Dolly Parton to make a new animated Grinch where she just sings the novel. She just puts, she just puts the, the novel, it's oh. not a novel, it's a picture book, where she puts the book to music and just does it in a Dolly Parton style. I think that the would be
1: tome. It. The tome yeah, that the is tome. How the, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole the Christmas. The multiple
2: volumes of Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm
1: um this is interesting i don't know i would say if i was to see a movie musical version of a holiday classic i think the one that i would choose that could be fun because it's not really done and i think could be fun in terms of like a musical setting is the uh uh what's the one What's the one with um, Jack Black and Kate Winslet? The holiday.
0: the holiday. The Holiday?
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of, yes, The Holiday. Um, You're thinking I,
0: of the Queen Latifah movie I, last, last holiday. Last holiday. That's which not what i I would also like to see a movie musical version of that. Yeah. But I want yeah.
1: Queen Latifah to do the musical for that. Yeah. I want qu- raps. Um, no, I would, I would, I would, I think a, uh, a Dolly Parton The Holiday would be fun because you get some, like, you, go, you could get a bunch of duets. Um cuz they they get coupled off which is the point of the whole you know movie. What
2: character would Dolly play in that movie?
1: Um great question. I haven't watched it in a long time, so I not She don't would play a ca-
2: a
0: narrator role where she would yeah tell the story of how the couples mm, okay, couple. gotcha.
1: Yeah. It's hard because I don't think Dolly would need to be in it, but again, she probably was the best part. Well, her and Christine were like the best part of this. Yeah. So, she is like good. She's like fun. She's a good energy on set when she shows up and isn't just um, photoshopped into the scene. Um. That's it. I have not. I have truly. I don't know. I don't even know what else to say. Other than, did you notice that this movie, <laughs> this movie elevated the fourth wall break of cats with dolly with her massive wings staring directly into the 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 camera at the end with um felicity
0: no she they were just sitting on the watchtower
1: no they look into the camera i know
0: but they don't have the wings the wings is in the song this church
1: yeah
2: but yes they yeah, do look
0: I... they do break the fourth wall
2: I did not share your love of Felicity, so I felt like that ending with her sitting next to Dolly Parton was not earned. I was like, get this get this lightweight off of the screen with Dolly Parton. I just want to get signed off with Dolly.
1: I was shocked because I, I thought for sure it was so clear a reference to It's a Wonderful Life that I was like waiting for a bell to ring to like oh right. Reference the like lore of every time a bell rings, and angel gets its wings, and then that didn't happen, and I was like, Oh, okay. So we're just picking and choosing. You didn't okay. want to you didn't want to yeah, go all I the think, way.
2: I think back to the idea of like they should have leaned even heavier into the camp. I think you're right that they should have leaned even heavier into the pastiche as well and just had like little moments that were just clear references without really having to explain yeah. them. That would have been really fun to be heavier into that.
0: They could have easily called Regina a Grinch.
2: Right.
1: They chose not to. Famously, a woman in The Grinch. Yeah. She plays Martha May Huvier, Which is the ultimate Christine Boransky Christmas role. Period. Yeah. Period. End of story.
0: I mean, period, yeah. It's probably one of her best roles.
1: Yeah, she's so good in it. That movie's crazy. (laughs) But I enjoy it because I watched it as a kid. I uh, understand objectively that it's a nightmare. But... (laughs) (laughs) Um, great. Well, thank you all for um celebrating the holiday season with me.
2: However,
0: you celebrate, yeah. we hope you had an amazing holiday season.
1: Good to the, the, the new year. I mean, new year. Go eat some figgy pudding
0: now. Bring us some figgy pudding now. Bring
2: now us, some, bring figgy us figgy some figgy pudding now. Bring us some figgy pudding. I was going to join into that because I can't remember any of the other songs in this musical we so won't I didn't know until we get some
1: we, get
3: some, <laughs> we won't, won't go until we get
2: some we won't go until we get some da, 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 da.
1: yeah what is the lyric there we won't go until we get some so, so bring, it, bring right it right here
2: it right here that's what it is
1: cool classic
0: it's christmas on the square
1: <laughs> it's christmas on the square. <laughs> christmas on the square christmas on the square christmas on the square um bye <laughs> thank you for listening to the best revival of a podcast showgaze you can find us on social media adam is at adam noecker on twitter rj is at rj food rocks on instagram and molly is at molly Matine on instagram this episode was edited and mixed by adam noecker this has been an ampliverse production you can find our show page and more information at theampliverse.com If you'd like to send us your own takes on the movie we just watched, reach out to us via email and we might read it aloud on the show. Our email is showgazemoviemusical at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to help others find the show. And now, as always, the show must go on, so stick around to hear what we're going to be watching next episode.
4: Dear Evan Hansen, today is going to be an amazing day, and here's why.
0: Have you been doing those letters to yourself with Dr. Sherman?
4: I've been trying to. Have you ever felt like nobody was there? Um, no one's on your cast. Now we can both pretend we are friends.
3: I'm sorry about my brother.
4: Have you ever felt forgotten? In the middle of nowhere. I wish everything was different. I wish I was part of something. I wish that anything I said mattered. Have you ever felt like you could disappear? Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, yeah, that's mine. I'll 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 just take it. Wait, I really I need that back. You could fall and no one would hear. Connor took a letter from me and it was an assignment from my therapist. Ew. Yeah. Even when the dark comes crashing through. Connor's mother and stepfather are here to see you. When you need a friend. To carry you. Connor wanted you to have this. And when you're broken on the ground. Dear Evan Hansen, he wrote it to you. His last words Connor took his own life. He what? I'm sorry, Connor. didn't write this. No, no, no. Please. It's this. You will be found. And we didn't think Connor had any friends. I mean you really gonna tell these people that the only thing they have left of their son is a letter that you wrote to yourself. So
2: you and Connor, tell us something, please.
4: Right. Um I started talking and you couldn't stop. They didn't want me to stop.
2: I'm putting together a memorial service. If you wanted to do something.
4: Connor showed me that, that I wasn't alone. Nobody is. So let that lonely feeling wash away. Maybe there's a reason to believe you'll be okay.
3: I didn't
2: know
4: that you were hurting. Cause when you don't feel strong enough to stand. A
2: lot of people feel like us.
4: You can reach, reach out your hand. People started sharing it. It's everywhere. I don't understand what happened. You did. I don't know how much you've given my family, and me. Were you ever actually friends with him? I never meant to make it such a mess. I was trying to help. If you knew
1: who I am, just how broken I am. I already know you.